0: and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me Gail and my amazing guests. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018 and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration inspiration. Joy and light, so you can find your own sober bliss. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Sober Knitter. Hi,
1: how are Hello. you? I'm good, thank you. So good that you're here with us today. So, yeah, you are known as the, the Sober Knitter and mm. you are also alcohol free. How many months now is it? Um, It's eight months. Eight months, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story and why you decided to do it and how you decided to do it? Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: um, so I've been a teacher for many years um, and I've left the profession now. And I think I was thinking a lot about this in the run-up to this conversation that you and I are having. Um, Because when when I was a kid or when I was a teenager, that the idea of having a glass of wine to relax or I've had a hard day or oh, let's have a glass of wine. It was just the norm. It was what mm-hmm. happened in our house. Um, you know, my, my I never saw my mum or dad without a glass of wine in the evening. Um, and it was it was a kind of a well, it'll do you good. You know, you need to let your hair down and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was that that sort of idea that that having a glass of wine and watching the telly, that that was the way that you unwound from the stress. And yeah. I think as a result of that, um, that was what I did, you know. Mm. And I had lots of years of, of of using, looking back on it now, of using alcohol to try and manage the stress that I was feeling from work um, and from other things as well. And what happened really was over the course of over the course of two years, my nephew who was twenty killed himself. He, oh. got on a, he, he got on a train, uh, he, well, he got on an overnight bus from Newcastle, got to Victoria Station, walked off the bus, walked in front of the train, and killed himself. Oh my, my father-in-law died, my mum died, and I got made redundant. And that was all within the space of not even two years, and it was 18 months. And really? that kind of... And so I think because I had, the in my head, the coping mechanism I had was have a drink it'll be okay glass of wine glass of wine glass of wine um that just became much more intense you know this idea that um you know things are really really difficult and I don't know how to cope with them and so I've always just had a glass of wine do you know what I mean yes. that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and I think during the day as well when I was working the school I was made redundant from it was it was just a total nightmare the school it was horrendous mm-hmm. and so I was so past myself with stress and worry and anxiety because I'd had conflict all day and I was in a management role as well at school right. so because I'm having to manage staff and parents as well as my own workload and it was just overwhelming and so I was drinking and it was every night and it became it. what was a habit had become a crutch and after mm. my mum's birthday, my mum died um, the 11th of May last year, and she was only 64. Mm. And my mum was an alcoholic. Right. Um, and, but she died of cancer, but as a kind of reaction, like, it, it didn't help. You know, she drank all the way through the cancer treatment, uh, and really, really heavily. And yes, she she was at rehab, but she was never serious about stopping drinking. Like, she never was. She, she mm. never would that she was an alcoholic because she thought she was a nice woman and so therefore she couldn't be an alcoholic because she was nice you know they lived in a nice house and drove a nice car and do you know what I mean it's not me I'm not. like how can I be um and so after mum's birthday when she would have been 65 my mental health just took a massive nosedive you know I I, the grief was it was just it was overwhelming it was everything and I couldn't I just couldn't function Mm -hmm. um and then it moved really from that point to having been a crutch, you know, something I was using as a coping mechanism, to something I was really using because I just didn't want to feel anything. I just didn't want to deal with yeah. everything that was going on. I felt as though everywhere I turned, there was something horrible happening. And so I just drank. And, of course, it, it's never enough. No. Mean? It's never enough. You, you know, you can't just have a glass of wine with dinner and then go oh let's just finish that bottle won't that be nice you know you have your dinner and then you want wine and then you drink a bottle and then you drink another one and then you think I'm just gonna have some gin now just to finish me off you know mm. and so and and I, it got to that point and it was New Year's Eve and I felt so dreadful like I just I felt like I, I really felt like I was losing it I thought you know i as a result of the drinking, my, me and my husband weren't talking to each other because I was coming in opening wine, and that was me. Silence, wine, bed, that was me. Yeah. And, um, so our relationship was not working. Um, I was not being a good parent. You know, my son has got, uh, he's got Asperger's syndrome, which is a form of autism. Mm-hmm. Parenting him is pretty relentless at times. Um, I was just not communicating with him. He was choosing not to spend time with me because I was too erratic. Um, and I just I got to the point where I thought something has to give. Yeah, you know, I I can't go on like this. And I read I had been reading um, Pema Chodron, The Things Fall Apart, as she's a Buddhist monk, and it was about the idea that there's no yesterday, there's no tomorrow, there's just now, and mm-hmm. nobody knows what's going to happen. And so because you don't know what's going to happen then actually there's not a lot of point in worrying about it because you just don't know. Yeah. And I've been reading that, and I also read The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, um, and I read um, Rising Strong by Brene Brown as well. Um, so I didn't just go one morning, oh, that's it, I'm going to stop. But the the overwhelming logic of the arguments, the sense that the arguments in those books made to me, I thought, this is not helping you. It's not helping you. You're not feeling better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This, you're not moving on in the grief, grieving process. No. Um, you're not building any relationships. You know, my anxiety was, I wasn't sleeping at all, really, just now and then, and that was it. Um, and so I thought, you know, it has to, I have to stop. And so I just stopped. I just stopped, and I just thought, I have to do something I don't know what else to do but I know that this isn't helping
1: and yeah.
2: so I have to I have to do something because otherwise everything I love everything I've worked for is going to go out the window
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so I stopped <clears throat> um, and that that was that really um, wow and it was you know um my hus- I mean, my husband was being, has really been helpful because he stopped at the same time as me because I said to him, you know, look, I need, to, I need to do something. I don't know what else to do. I want to stop drinking because I don't think it's helping. And he said, right, OK. Mm. And it was actually after that point that I realised that I was a problem drinker. You know, like I don't yes. I really understood it um, until I got to that point. And then I thought I was using it like, like a drug. I was using it mm. to do something for me and... And ultimately, it wasn't making any difference, you know? Yeah,
1: I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I was the same, I was the same. Um, and you're right, it's not until you, you stop and then you maybe reflect a little bit, because as yeah. you know, everything changes and all of a yeah. sudden you've got all this extra time and energy. And God, yeah. and then you think, my God, what was I doing? Yeah. Even though at the time you believe that it was what you needed, you believed yeah. that it helped. Yeah. But it's not until you step away that you see actually it wasn't doing me any good at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think for me as well, I felt as though because there were times when I went out and I, I was talking with my husband about this and I'd said, you know, I felt like I didn't have any limits when I was drinking. He said, well, that's not true. He did. He said, and actually, you, you probably never really did anything awful. But because I couldn't remember it all, You know, like I do have nights when I went out and I got absolutely hammered, and there are bits of it where I just can't remember. Like, there's just flashes here and there of things. Yeah. Because I don't know what was in there. Like, the shame of that, of thinking, oh my God, especially because I'd gone out with work colleagues, you know, and thinking, what are they going to think of me? You know, my. What's my reputation going to be like at work? Is it going to affect it? Are people going to talk about me behind my back? Because, God, she got absolutely hammered the other night. God, did you see what she did? And so I think for that reason as well, I, I, I thought, well, I can't... I mean, you can't control what other people think if you just can't. There's pointless trying, trying. But it was the fact that I thought I was worried about their response. Like, I thought, this is not. this mm-hmm. is not how I want to see myself as a person who does this. You know, like yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think of myself as a person who is, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mean and like my said, I'm I'm not a mean and nasty person. Like I'm just not, you know, I'm a softy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I, I know I would never do something to hurt somebody, but I would do something to embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think, I suppose probably growing up with parents who drank a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I was worried often about you know approval and needing approval when I was growing up. I was very like that. I had loads of counselling to deal with theater quite a long time ago, so I don't mind talking about it. But that idea that you do people approve of me is kind of a bit hardwired into me, mm-hmm. um, and so the drinking affected that as well. You know, where I thought, oh, now I'm not in control of how other people might see me because I've not been in control of myself. Yes. So it was that loss of control of 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 what was happening you know that I was worried about so I don't feel that now because that never happens because I'm never drunk now so it's marvellous yeah said and to whom and why you know so uh so yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh you
1: can tell that you just I don't know a lot I didn't know you obviously before but you've just Mm. got that lovely sparkle in your eyes and (laughs) you just you know you just come across as being really happy and and positive positive. Yeah, Um, which is a huge difference, obviously, from what you just told me that you went through before, and um, and ditching the alcohol can only have helped that transition. It did. I mean, you know,
2: it gets worse because my mother-in-law then died in March. Oh dear! So we so we've only got my dad left. So I'm sort of saying to him, right, Dad, now, don't drive over the speed limit and don't don't eat (laughs) shellfish. stuff like that um, wrap them
1: up in bubble wrap exactly
2: yeah. <laughs> but you see both my husband's parents were alcoholics as well oh, um wow. so we've got a lot of history in the family of mm-hmm. of alcoholism and knowing what it does to people despite the fact that we we drank you know every night and we just did um but for me it became an issue for him it didn't become an issue he was happy to have a glass of wine after dinner and then just that was it. I was I was like, now the bottle of wine is open. I'm going to drink all of it. And oh, have we got another one? You know, and that yeah. was that was kind of how it was. Um, and so I think having um, one of the other aspects of it, I think, was seeing what it did to my mom. So she was diagnosed with cancer the week that my son was born, um, and my father-in-law had a stroke like a week later. It was it was. It was great. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Although I wasn't drinking then because I was breastfeeding. But anyway, so um, um, so I sort of, you know, me and my mum when we were growing up. I said this to my friend the other day. You know, people talk about having a best friend. I'm yeah. My best friend is so, See, I never had a best friend because I had my mum. Yeah. Me and my mum. She was only twenty years older than me. Me and my mum, we were best friends, and we did everything. I shared everything with her. We spoke every day. Um, we just, you know, it was our relationship. We were so close. There was nothing between us
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and to the point where she would call my dad by his Christian name to me sometimes rather than dad, because that, you know, that was what it was like between us. And it was almost as if one day, not just one day, but she just vanished into alcohol. And, you know... At her, at her worst, she was drinking a liter of whiskey a day, um, and um, it was extremely. The uh, postman. <laughs> it was. Uh, I the, the person who my mum had been, she just disappeared, and by the end of it, and I mean she was so sick with the cancer, but she, as I say, she didn't. Uh, you know, my mum used to like. Oh, she went missing with my son for two hours in the car once. And she'd crashed her car a few times. I've actually inherited her car because my dad didn't know what to do with it. And it's, it's full of lumps and lumps, you know, and she was abusive towards my dad. You know, my dad had had enough and he'd said he was going to leave. She threw herself down the stairs, you know, she turned into this person that I didn't know and I didn't Mm -hmm. recognize and I couldn't relate to. And, and it was, you know, and I adored my like I just adored her. And then the alcohol, it was everything. It was everything. And and I, and I kind of see it, it went from a crutch to a depend to a dependency, to an addiction, to absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Like, you know, she was drinking when she woke up. She was hiding bottles around the house. There were bottles in the car, bottles in the handbag. Um, and I didn't want that to happen to me. I didn't want my son. And my husband to go through what I saw, my dad was going through, and what I felt I was going through.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: that was the other thing as well, girl. You know, I, I really thought that I, I felt like I I, I lost my mum to this to alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and she was always a fun-loving person, you know, um, a creative person. Uh, she had so many things about her that were great, you know, and she was lovely and. And then the alcohol came in and, and and she could never explain why she drank. She just did, you know? Yeah,
1: um, yeah,
2: And that was what it was. And as I say, you know, I mean, at her funeral, my dad cleared out the wine cupboard and, you know, my mum at the end of her life was still drinking 12 bottles of wine a week, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was nothing. That was, that was nothing, comparison. Mm-hmm. And so I think having... Having watched that happen, having been the child, although I'm not a child, but having been the the child in that situation, essentially, having had a very loving, close relationship with my mum, you know, I thought, I, I cannot do that. I can't do that to my child. No. You know, I can't do that to my husband. I can't do that to my friends. You know, my mum isolated herself, cut herself off. I can't do that. I need to start talking. I need to start sharing. I need to start feeling these feelings. Mm-hmm. and dealing with them, um, I need to confront them, um, and that's, and the alcohol was the thing that was blocking me doing that, because it was just yeah. letting me out, mm-hmm. you know, so when you say, I seem all happy and positive and sparkly and stuff, and I think it's because I was so terrified of how I was going to feel on reflection, I was so terrified of, because of, of all the feelings, the grief and the, the sense of the, the the stress, the self-doubt, the anxiety, the worry, everything was there. I was so frightened of it. And when I stopped drinking, yes, it hit me. I did. Yeah, coming, yeah. But actually, I'm still here, you know, and I'm all right. And and I talk about it now and I can talk about it. Mm. And I can talk about how I feel. And I'm honest about how I feel. And I deal with how I feel. Yeah, know? yeah. And that's I think really that's- good. that's the difference Mm. Um, you know if I'm thinking oh god I'm having a really awful day I will go and do something else but I'm quite happy to sit at the end of the day and you know sort of rant at my husband about what a terrible day it's been for whatever reason whereas before I wouldn't have done that I would have just been like I just need some wine I've had a really crap day I need some wine you know whereas now I'm like I've had a really crap day sit there while I tell you about it for an hour
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: you know so
2: yeah so that, i think that's i think that's the difference i think that's why i think that's probably why i've I, I come across as being much more positive because i sort of feel like well you know i've faced up to my not my demons but i've kind of looked myself in the eye mm-hmm. does that make sense
1: it does it makes perfect sense yeah and um obviously when we let go of the alcohol that then gives us an opportunity to to deal with the feelings and to Mm -hmm. face the feelings because Mm -hmm. it's not you know going sober is not you know a magic cure for everything suddenly your life doesn't become all wonderful but it does give you the the chance and the space and the tools to to face whatever else is going on in your life Mm -hmm. Um, I mean that's I don't know anybody who hasn't experience that mm. and it is scary and it is hard it is. It but is. it does get easier yeah doesn't it once you've got the chance to deal with it properly then yeah it's much better than you know drowning it out in uh, yeah
2: which is exactly what I was doing and I think um you know I know a lot of people um were talking about how they kind of got you know, how, how did I get from New Year's Eve to, to sort of where I am here? And I think reading the books is really helpful because the kind of the, the utter sense in mm-hmm. the books, yes. the idea, you know, particularly in The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, I found that particularly useful, that one, um, because she was very much, you know, her argument is very much like, well, what is it doing for you? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the benefit?
0: Exactly. Well,
2: yeah, actually nothing. I've just got a hangover and oh, everything I was feeling yesterday is still there. So, so, yeah. So I think alcohol suddenly becomes like this useless thing, you know, and you think, well, if it doesn't serve any purpose in my life and it's not doing me any good, why have I got it in my life? You know, like, what's the point in that? What am I doing this for, you know? Mm, yeah. um, but I, I think a lot of people <laughs> say things like, oh, well, I lost 40 pounds, look at my before and after, and I'm like, yeah, I've probably gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think, uh, yes, you know, you get those benefits of you, your skin looks better, your hair looks ready, you, you sleep an awful lot better. I mean, sleep is just oh, glorious, yeah. you know, because you actually sleep.
0: You, you know, do. Because you're
2: not, your body's not processing all of this, this alcohol that's in your system and you don't wake up feeling rubbish. And as you mm. said earlier, the revelation of like waking up on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock and thinking, oh, what am I gonna do today? Yes. You know, or like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, us was sitting there and we we'd sat down, it was about ten thirty, eleven, 11. And I realized I'd done all my housework that I needed to do, and I'd been shopping by like, you know, that time in the morning thinking, what did to do for the <laughs> rest of my day? Um, but it's, it's a relief, like you get that relief from the guilt and the, the feeling rubbish and the, the lying in bed and thinking, oh God, why did I do that? Um, mm. You know, you have that, but I think, as you say, it's like, a, I, I haven't lost loads of weight. And I've said this on my Instagram, you know, I haven't lost loads of weight and found religion and you know done loads of yoga and I think it's because everybody deals with things the way everybody deals with them
1: yeah, yeah. My,
2: my way of dealing with them has been creativity and in general generally when you're knitting or sewing you know you're not kind of doing the warrior pose at the same time so you <laughs> know <laughs> they don't they don't tend to go together um oh, you know so um, but yeah I mean I think one of the things as well that I found really helpful um is actually just i don't know if we want to talk about this bit yet but is actually about instagram um because when i one of the tools that I used when once I'd read the books and you know kind of had a good old soul search um one of the things that I did was to start my sober knitter account um, and I named it deliberately um sober sober knitter because I wanted to and started using hashtags of sobriety and sober AF and alcohol free and stuff because what I wanted was having followed people online like Bryony Gordon I don't know if you've ever heard of her she's a telegraph writer but she writes a lot about body positivity and people body um uh things like that 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 they talk a lot about a community of particularly of women coming Mm -hmm. together on Instagram and I wanted to I wanted to join that community, you know, I wanted to be part of that community. And so I sought out people who had Sobo in their name, in their uh, their Instagram name, and made friends with them. And um, I some of them like I've got pen pals now in um, oh. in Canada, in America, in New Zealand and in Australia, and now in Spain as well, as yourself. Yes. You know. So I've met women online who have had similar experiences to me, who are dealing with similar challenges to me and men as well, obviously. Um, But it was, you know, I I wanted to go for that community of of people who were going through what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I've actually found it incredibly, incredibly empowering and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but sort of you know, you're know you sharing out these experiences and people understand where you're coming from. And, and somebody this morning had said, um, and this is a person who's uh, kind of been on and off the sober path and mm-hmm. said, you know, it's like a, a no-string support group. And it kind it of is. is.
1: Yeah, it um, is.
2: And I found writing about how I have been feeling or, you know, I don't... You know, I never or or very, very rarely filter things on Instagram. Um, You know, I don't really wear great deal of makeup or anything like that. You know, I'm not there to show off. I'm not there to say, hey, look how wonderful my life is. Isn't it amazing? You know, I'm there to say, um, you know, life is pretty tough sometimes, isn't it? And, you know, sometimes we feel like this and sometimes we feel like that. Some days are brilliant. Some days are awful but actually, yeah. we're still here and what's important is that we're sharing it and so I know Instagram gets a lot of stick um and I did come off Facebook because you know Facebook was far too much of everybody getting a bit of me and I didn't want that mm-hmm. whereas Instagram I really I find like I've really connected with people in different parts of the world and yeah. in fact of the people I've connected with it turns out I knew her brother at university
1: Oh, yeah. small world.
2: Well, right. look at us. Yeah, well, yeah. we are both
1: from the north.
2: <laughs> exactly, that's it, you know. <coughs> so I think I found Instagram really helpful in, in that coping. And, you know, I don't do AA, but I've got no views about anybody who does. You know, what works for one isn't going to work for the other. Mm-hmm. I've got no, you know, if people do meditation, yoga, whatever they want to do, is what they're doing to make themselves feel better you know um exactly. and and it's not my place to judge what that what that is um you know and I think when people are wanting to share or they're going through a difficult time you know you're just there you pop up you know mm. or people pop up people have checked in on me when I've not posted for a couple of days are you all right what's happening or um I put on my stories one day and I think I've done one story and I was having a really bad day um and i'd gone for a walk, and I was just really... i was finding it really difficult dealing with my mum it was very it was recently because it was the summer holidays and I had lots of people who'd seen my stories who had then contacted me to say, "I know exactly how you feel or you know um and then you make more connections with people that way, and so I found it really powerful mm. uh, you know because i get I get to give other people support and help, but they give that to me as well, you know so
1: yeah yeah would you say then that uh, oh sorry that using Instagram in this way is is one of your main tools that helps you
2: on this journey um I think it, it's it has been a massive way it has been a huge help yeah mm-hmm. because I haven't felt by myself Yeah, I think that's absolutely. although I do have a cat whining loudly to get in way she, oh. might just have to wait. No, she oh, she's a bag. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the um, I would say that instagram having having read and and understood a lot of the you know the books and so on, I think the thing with Instagram was it was a way to reach out in a semi anonymous way mm-hmm. um, to express how I was feeling, to share how I was feeling, regardless of whether or not anybody liked it or responded to it that wasn't what I was doing it for um, I was doing it in a way because I needed to say these things yeah I needed to to put these things into words and I needed to capture how I was feeling on that day Um, because it was important for me to having having numbed it for such a long time
1: mm.
2: it was important for me to say this is how I'm feeling today or these are the things that are brilliant today, or these are the things that are awful today, or whatever. But but ultimately, it's a real reflection of where I'm at. Yes. And I find it helpful, you know, scrolling back through. Like, I look at my own Instagram, and I'm like, oh, I remember that day. Oh, that was great. Oh, I remember that day. Yeah, oh. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, and I find it helpful myself now to see I started this on this day, and then this is the, the progress, essentially, that I've made.
1: So it's mm. a kind of um journaling would you say yes. yeah yeah. Like, yeah but more of a collective kind of journaling experience where you yeah. get support and feedback and mm. things. yeah, that's, that's, a really good way
2: yeah. <clears throat> that's a really good way to look at it actually yeah it, f- it does feel like that it feels as though there's a a community of people um from all over and you never know. You know, I've had, had had people say, Oh, you know, you've been so supportive of me and 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 I've just kind of gone, Oh, well done, that's brilliant. And but that's what that person's needed. And mm-hmm. there are days when that's just what I've needed. I've literally needed somebody to post that two hands up on oh, yes. <laughs> Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so I would say so. And also I think support from my family and friends who initially found it very weird. Um but what I did do as well was I stopped building a narrative around why I was not drinking. I just said, I don't drink. Oh, I just cut it off, good. that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. discuss, obviously I've discussed it with you, um, but, you know, people don't need to know that. Y- you choose who you're going to share these things with, you know, you don't have to share them with anybody if you don't want to. And all I said to people was, oh, no, I, I just, I don't drink. Yeah. And if they go, why? Um, I just said oh, I, I just don't.
1: Mm. And that yeah. shuts
2: down. To be fair.
1: Yeah. No just... is a complete sentence, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to talk to you about creativity, which yeah. you mentioned before. Uh, obviously, you are the sober knitter. I am. Um, I am. And you didn't start knitting when you stopped drinking. You've always been a knitter, is that right?
2: Um, yeah, so it was something that my mum taught me how to do when I was a kid. And then I think like a lot of people, um, when I was pregnant, I started to feel like I wanted to do it again. I wanted to knit a blanket. It was terrible, Like My first blanket was dreadful. Oh, hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, but... I knitting because it was it's really interesting how it's developed because if you'd asked me this a year ago I would have said knitting was creativity was my knitting but creativity now is my knitting my sewing my garden my cooking um creativity now feels as though it's a part of everything that happens in my life in my day Mm. you know so I'm when I make something, you know, I go into the kitchen, you know, with an onion and garlic and start from there, you know, and recipes and, you know, I love, I love recipes. I've got loads of recipe books, but um, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall is my favourite. I love him.
0: Um,
2: But, you know, you've, and and you kind of, it really is. And I think, again, having the clarity of sobriety, it's understanding, you know, that you, like me, half dead plants, you get something at the start and you you nurture it, and you you do things. You know, you you talk to them and sing to them and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, you you do things like that, and then they grow. Yeah, you know, and and I think and that's the thing. And then you see that things things grow, and 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 you remember everything, every stitch you know, you've made, and you you've done that. Like I've done that myself, and and I think from it being something where I felt like. You know, when I was drinking, I never really attempted anything too complicated. Or if I did, it took me ages because I was so anxious about getting it wrong.
1: Mm.
2: Also, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> it's hard to follow a knitting pattern when you're drunk. Quite yes, frankly. That's
1: very
2: um, true. Mm. You know, and so uh, with reading as well. You know, I, I just didn't really read much because I would I would go to go to bed and read a page, drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know now I'm like oh I want to go to bed because I want to read my book
1: yeah which is really really sad <laughs> yeah. no we talked so, about this year, the other week can you remember and uh, reading like that yeah with one eye closed so the words stopped kind of swimming yeah. but then you know you'd spend all this effort trying to read it but then you would forget what it was that you read so yeah. you know again pointless yeah. with alcohol
2: exactly it is and i think as well like watching tv and one of the um online uh one of the instagram um group uh had she put on stranger things and she couldn't remember. oh it was brilliant but she couldn't (laughs) remember what happened she had to watch all the recaps and you know she was like oh i feel so awful and i think yeah but that that happens as well you know you're watching tv programs thinking i just can't i can't remember who he is I don't know yeah. what he's doing there. Oh, never mind. I'll just look at my phone or something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, yeah, that's that's a big difference. But um, but no. So to go back to what you were saying about about the knitting, uh, and you asked me if knitting was my job. Yes, <laughs> I'd love knitting to be my job, uh, but no, it's not. Um, but I knit now as part of it. it's really mindful. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be very repetitive, obviously, which is really calming. It's really lovely you know because yeah. you can just sit and you know your hands get into the rhythm of it um and it and it becomes you know it, it just it becomes a kind of meditation i think in a way mm-hmm. um and what i've done as well i've made so I, I i love fair isle but i've never really been able to do it probably partly because i always had a glass of wine in my hand but now you know i've knitted. i think since since christmas i've knitted two cardigans a jumper Three hats, two pairs of mittens and four pairs of socks. Wow. And that, that's since Christmas. Um but now my husband <laughs> he's not impressed unless it's got five colours in. You know. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I mean I did this hat and it's really lo I mean it's lovely and but and it has got five colours in. He's like, Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. And now I'm showing him things. He's going, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's nice. You know, but so it's only got
1: two colours
2: there's only two colors in so it's really yeah yeah it's nice but you know it's not as so nice as that one that's got the five in um so yeah and I've taught myself taught myself new techniques um and I get quite excited about it and in terms of sewing as well you know like I um I did do some embroidery when I was a kid because my mum taught me how to do it mm-hmm. so um sewing things for the house and Uh, you know like pictures um, things like that so you know when you were commenting on on the things on the shelves and stuff um, you know a lot of the rooms in the house have got things in that I've lately sewn or um, I mean all the cushion covers in the house I've made um, I made myself a dress which I was very proud of that you've seen on Instagram, (laughs) it's not this one Um, but I made a dress and I would never have done that you know had I not had the clarity or the the time to to think and plan and yeah through and and then I would just feel guilty that I hadn't done it whereas now you Mm -hmm. know so so I found that creativity is something which is I'm gonna say something a bit weird (laughs) I don't know what you're gonna think of this but when I was reading The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober one of the things that Catherine Gray talks about is the way in which that we're marketed, you know, we're consumers of something mm-hmm. and we're sold the lifestyle and alcohol is part of it. Um, being thin is part of it, your dieting is part of it. Um, lots of things, you know, what you should wear, what you should cook, what you should, how you should live. And it's all really because, because there's a, there's a bottom line in it for somebody. Of course. And I felt like, when I gave up drinking and I was able to step away from that and realize quite how aggressively alcohol is marketed. Mm. Um, I mean, to the degree that, you know, you walk into the supermarket and the first thing you see in my local supermarket is a massive mountain of alcohol with all yeah. the offers on and everything. So before people have even gone past that to their bread or whatever, Oh, I'll get two bottles of Prosecco or I'll get a bottle of gin or whatever. Mm. Um, and you it's it's literally in your face all the time it is. it is and i started to opt out of lots of other marketing things i started to think i'm not going to buy that i'm going to make it um you know i'm not going to buy the the processed food because i i'm going to make it you mm-hmm. know um and i think that it feels a little bit like a quiet rebellion against I know it sounds a bit, sick. I, started oh, using, I started using a moon cup as well. I like, can, you know, cause I'm thinking I'm not paying, I'm not paying period tax. I'm not keeping Tampax in, in business, you know, so <laughs> I'm like, so I'm doing that and, and, you know, composting and, uh, and yeah, you know, growing things and, uh, mm. and yeah, feeling as though actually I'm, I'm stepping out of that norm, that, that, that rat race, you know, that need to be a, a size, 10, which will never happen you know that need to be be this or to have achieved that or to have this or that it's it's so it, it sounds odd to think about it that stopping drinking has made me feel like this but I think in many ways it's made me feel like I'd bought into all of this idea about how other people telling me how I was going to be happy and how I was going to live my life mm. and it came down to me saying well actually no it, it, it's it's my life
1: exactly yeah
2: you know I, I I want to live it how I want to live it I want to wear what I want to wear because I want to you know mm. or want to eat what I want to eat because I want to not because I'm being sold something by yeah. somebody. um and I think that's been a big a big thing that I think you know I've always been a, a a bit like that anyway but I think I'm much much more so now that I feel like I'm just not going to give you my money you know mm-hmm. it's not going to I'm not going to buy into this I'm just not going to have this you know um and that has made again that kind of weird as you said earlier you know alcohol changes everything but the creativity part of things it's beautiful making something watching something grow from nothing to something because you've done it
1: yeah
2: it's so so satisfying and rewarding it, it just I mean you know we were talking about my garden earlier on and I could talk about my garden all day and you know and I do like I do I rescue half-dead plants and <laughs> from the from the you know they're about to chuck them out and they're, they're like you know they look like these kind of sort of things you know and they've all got a moss in them and I think it's okay I will take you home and take care of you <laughs> you know oh. <laughs> but it's all part of that you know, mm-hmm. and and I think alcohol was one of the things that went on the fire, if you like. You know, the yeah. s- not quite a sacrificial fire, but getting to that way of thinking. Right, that's all gone now. That's it's all gone. Everything that was to do with that is gone. And I've got all of this space, and all of this time. You know, and I've got a different. Like I've changed my job now mm-hmm. because I thought, well, if I can give up alcohol, I never thought I was going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I can changed my job I can find a different way to live I can make my own clothes which I've never had the confidence to do I can you dye my hair all different sort of things but I think this might be because I got a bit excited when I left teaching and I thought right I'm gonna dye my hair bright pink um it's great as you do um so I think it, it having moved it out of the way it it opened everything else up and it's really made me start to want to live my values properly mm-hmm. and being creative and things being made by me being homemade it gives me peace and mindfulness it gives me a sense of satisfaction uh, it's it is a challenge it's a logistical challenge but you look at something and you think I did that I've made I haven't bought it in a, you know and not that I'm casting aspersions on people who buy things because I've got loads of stuff that I've bought as well. It's not like I, you know, I didn't whittle the table. Do you know what I mean? I haven't a <laughs> bed or anything or ridiculous like that. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just having these little things that you think that's you know, that that's something of, of mine and, and, and it does come from Mam and what she mm. you know, that she and I did it and um but I think Once you open that door in your mind that says, "Actually, if you do something, then things become possible," Mm. that's that what changes things. And you know, I'm not, I'm not saving the world. I'm not curing cancer. You know, it's not like. But but for me, in my world, in my life, this is like this is has been a massive revelation for me. And you know, I don't actually have to feel like that anymore. I don't have to. Do you know, um, I can do things to stop me from feeling like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a lovely story. (laughs) I did
2: tell you I'll go on a bit.
1: No, it's great. I love it. Um, And I know what you mean about, like, making things. I'm not creative in that respect at all. But I made some jam the other day. I saw that. Um, and the best thing was the plums I got for free because they were about to be thrown out. I was like, no, you don't throw them out. And it I've never made plum jam before, but it it's really nice, which it's I was lovely. quite surprised about. But it, it, to be honest, it wouldn't have mattered if it was just, you know, regular kind of normal jam. Mm. The fact that, that I made it and I made the effort and, yeah. um, and it was something that came from, from me. Yeah that I wouldn't have done either drinking because um I used to drink and cook a lot right. and I always thought it made me a better a better cook, a better yeah. writer. I thought I had brilliant ideas, but in fact it just kind of made everything a lot worse and a bit a little bit rubbish really. Yeah. Uh, so when you remove it, I totally get where you're coming from. It just makes space for you to be you again doesn't it you know mistakes and all and absolutely better
2: absolutely And, and I think accepting you know the the mistakes and and you know that they are like in my hat of five colors there are several mistakes it's for it's a present for a friend and there are a few mistakes in it um where I had um miscounted or or something like that and um and one of them I didn't see it until I'd Finished the hat completely and I thought oh oh god what do I do do I do I unpick it or I don't know because all I could see was the mistake and I think the thing is that when something is handmade this cat is going bananas outside um, <laughs> when something is is handmade it has it has you in it it has that personality of you in it like mm. it's Gail's jam you know like my jam would taste different to your jam it's Gail's yeah. jam
1: yeah, you know,
2: it's your special jam that you made yourself, and you will and and it's just yours, and it's yeah. not on the shelves, you know. And yeah. and when you eat it, as you say, you know, you you stone the plums, you you did all the weighing, you did all the stirring, and all that stuff where you get the get the jam and you put it on the plate and you nudge it and things. Yeah, <laughs> So you did all of that, and then it's there and it looks really beautiful and tastes really nice. And you know, yes, it, it's it, it's but it's a nice. It's a comfortable, comforting, life-enriching thing to do.
1: It you is. Know? Yeah. It is. And I think we all need a bit of that, don't we? Especially oh, yeah. in today's world. hmm Definitely, yeah. I think I'm going to go live back in a cave again. <laughs> um, very
2: appealing. <laughs> I, well, I, I'd love to be a bit more out in the country than we are, to be perfectly honest. Um, but that involves septic tanks, apparently, and I'm not sure I fancy that. Um, but the, uh, you know, I've always fancied having hens and
1: yeah.
2: have you, um, but I, I think, I think to be honest, when you, when you lose, when somebody dies in your life, um, it's, you know, it, it's catastrophic. Like when, when it's somebody like your mum and the way that my, my nephew, um, you know, with, with him as well, I mean, God, He wasn't actually even 20, he was nearly 20. And, you know, when that happens and you get this huge knock, you know, this massive, massive knock. And I think in many ways it's an opportunity for those left behind to think about how they want their life to be and what they want, you know. Because I know, you know, mum was miserable. She was isolated and it wasn't what she wanted but Mm. she was so in the grip of the addiction and the illness that there wasn't anything else that she could do you know and I I think probably stopping drinking towards the end of her illness probably would have finished her off earlier to be fair because of the trauma of the alcohol
1: Mm.
2: you know coming out and and I think you do think you know it's not that sort of I might get run over by a bus tomorrow although you might but it's not, it's not as sort of throwaway as that, you yeah. know, it is the idea that what, what am I going to do today? That's going to help the people that I love help myself. How am I going to look back at today and think that was a day when I, not that I did something cause I do, I can be on the go a little bit too much,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: but that I've shown the people that I love that I care for them, you know, that I've shown myself that I care for myself. I've done something for myself that is about caring for me because, you know, people do say, if you don't care for yourself, then, you know, if everything else goes out the window,
1: yeah. um,
2: <laughs> you know, but it really is, it, it really is that, um, you know, to, to kind of, to be part of the world, to share as much as you can with others, but also to keep that contained for yourself as well, you know, to have your own kind of boundaries and things which, which,
1: which you need. Yeah, it's about making each day count, isn't it? The yeah. best way that you can Yeah. with what you've got. Um, and, yeah, living your life again, not drowning it away in a bottle exactly well exactly and, that's it you know
2: you're not just you're not just existing you know I read them, you know you're not here to lose weight and pay bills like was it wasn't why you were born but you know exactly. equally you're not here to get through your day and then sit in front of something mindless on the telly and get yeah. hammered and then mm-hmm. do the same thing over and over again you know in that when you look at it pragmatically and objectively that's a waste it's a waste yeah well, you, oh. you know it, it is and you know I think it's um I think coming back to, to something else as well. I'm just going to shut this door because the cat is driving me crazy. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> no, oh She's out the front now. Hang on, Gail. Two seconds. I'm out to pause. Hold on. She's got such a loud meow. i suppose I can't hear her. Right. Come on. Yeah, I know you're outside. Yes, I know. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Can you hear her? Yes, I can now. I will see can you, can you in a minute. Me? She'll have to come and say hi. Um... But we're talking about um parenting as well mm. and being a sober mom yes, and I think there's a lot of pressure on women there's a lot of pressure on mothers to kind of create a particular kind of um a particular kind of childhood uh you know in in this day and age there's an awful lot of pressure and and um and I've seen things like uh you know around here there's um little cooks you know where you go and you teach you go to a, like a class essentially, and other people teach your children how to cook. Um, which is is weird to me because I just well I'd like him to cook but what he basically does is empty the cupboard into his mouth because he's 11 (laughs) Um, but as a parent you know as I said earlier having watched my parents descend into alcoholism I don't want my child to go through that but it's more the fact that I feel as though I'm doing a better job as a parent now Mm -hmm. um, because I don't just want to disappear Um, you know, I I, and as I said before, my son's got um my son's got special needs and so he can be it presents other challenges, you know, he's had a really difficult time at school recently. Um and you know, again objectively, how would me being drunk help that? See, sorry, I've now got a cat in my face. But how would being drunk help that? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
2: Um how would it help him? And it wouldn't. You know no. the, the honest answer is it doesn't, it wouldn't. Um, and the the whole kind of wine o'clock, mummy needs wine, you know. Mummy yeah. doesn't,
1: mummy does no, not need, she, mommy,
2: no, she mommy probably needs a hug, yeah, to be fair, yeah. and maybe to cry, you know. Yeah. Um, and to say to somebody else, I love my children, but quite honestly, I could have thrown them both out the window today. You know, hmm. they're in bed, or do you know what I mean? Like, you have a hard day with the kids. Um, you, 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 you don't need wine. You, <laughs> you just oh, no, to...
1: no. we've got a teenager, and I'm thankful that um, we're going through. He seems to be a late developing teenager. I mean he's right. seventeen, and the past few months have kind of been when all of the Teenage things have happened, yeah. and I'm just so grateful that I've been clear headed and able to think, you know, yeah. objectively about it and not just either drown it all out with a glass of wine or snap at them and get grumpy or, yeah. you know, maybe be too lenient because, you know, when you drink, your boundaries go in it. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, anything for an easy life. Yeah, absolutely. Which, with yeah. a teenager, you know, they need. Any boundaries, yeah. I do. yeah, yeah. So definitely pleased that I'm clear headed going through this stage. Yeah, I think you've you've hit it on
2: the head for me there because because it is very much like when you have that choice between feeling like you need to you need to relax and your wine is how you do it, and you think, well, is is my child's behaviour going to get in the way of me drinking this wine? And is that because he's not gone to bed on time for example oh well why did i just leave him up there because he's okay you know he's all right there isn't he when actually really he should be in bed yeah and what i should have been doing was going upstairs and saying right you bed you know get to bed you need some sleep get to bed mm. um or him or me going upstairs and him going oh i don't feel so good and me going right come on then we'll have a cuddle let's have a story you know, whereas I'm ashamed to say it, but previously I would have been like, well, I'm sure he's probably okay. I'll just drink this wine, you know, yeah. why not? Because I've had a bad day. And I, I think that's uh, I think that's one of the things that I don't do now. And the trust between me and him is has massively rebuilt. I mean, you know, bless him, before the end of term, he was having such a difficult time. He, w- he was actually going to sleep in my clothes. Because he just, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he just was. And I think because he he was being bullied at school and the school had dealt with it, but it was so traumatic for him. Mm. And um, he, yeah, he was he was going to bed in my clothes and, um, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere without him and stuff like that. And I could not have dealt with that. You know what? I just no. couldn't, you know, he needed me. And I'm his mum and, and I need to be there for him. You know, exactly. that's my job, um, yeah. ultimately. And, and I think going back to the creativity, that that is my... That's my me time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that, that's my time when I'm not... You know, I'm quite happy to say, right, lads, I'm going to sew now or I'm getting my knitting out or, you know, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to cut cut some fabric out or whatever. Um and I don't feel bad about that because, you know, they know I love them. They if they want me, they know where I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that that's it. And it's not the same as, as drinking the wine. Um, you know, and, and as I say, the, the mummy needs wine thing is mummy just doesn't. She just doesn't. You know, mummy might need to talk to a friend on the phone or have a bath or go for a walk or go for a run or read a book or you know, go out and do a class or or as I said before, have a good cry, or that's yeah. because then you're actually processing how you mm. feel. You know, and the fact is as well, like unless you're a really horrible person, you know, you love your children, you would never do anything deliberately to hurt them. If mm. you've had a bad day with the children, you know, the children are also like they're behaving in a way it's not always going to be they're not grown-ups, it's not always going to be the way you want it to be and that's not your fault do mm. you know what I mean like it's not your fault yeah. um and I think as mothers it's easy to feel as though it is our fault if we're not you know making memories in inverted commas or we're not hashtag so blessed because you know
0: yeah
2: sometimes you're like really I you know I'm cleaning poo up off the floor I really don't feel very yeah. hashtag so blessed I just don't no you know? <laughs> Yeah, standing in wee or picking up Cheerios that have been welded to the floor with their uh, illegal eating of Cheerios in front of the TV or their stuffed down inside the sofa or yeah, that's it. You know, going to bed at half past ten and finding an asleep child in there and you can't move them. Oh, he's wet the bed.
1: Mm. Right, I love that. Going to bed. Yeah. And, you
2: know. Yeah. So. Great. Oh, and you need
1: a clear your head to deal with it all. You do, don't
2: you? You do, and you do because I think drinking makes you. It makes you self It makes you selfish. It makes you.
1: Mm.
2: It makes you just look at yourself and your own issues, and you dwell on them. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because for me, it keeps you in your head. Yes.
2: Isn't it? Yeah. And it makes mm. you feel small. It made me feel small.
1: Mm. It yeah. made me
2: feel like I couldn't cope without it yeah I need I needed that wine because I was not capable of coping myself with the things that were happening in my life and the wine was what was helping me and I Mm. gave all of this power you know Um, the wine was the the wine was the helpful thing not the people who love me or or myself um you know and yeah yeah, it's a kind
1: give it the credit that it doesn't deserve
2: don't we we do we do and we, and we give it you know we expect that oh we'll have a great time if we get drunk and um, it'll be brilliant let's get hammered it'll be great you know let's do that and and i think how, do you are you really having a good time mm. do you know if you're really having a good time you know um yeah it's like do you remember i mean i know friends is very in over here i don't know if it is over there but you know I mean like I watched it when I was at uni because that's how old I am um but there's the bit where is it Joey and Ross are sitting in the coffee shop and they say you know I'm in my 30s I just want to have a good conversation in an early night and actually that that's better isn't it I'm much Mm better going out and having conversations with people and not it not involving alcohol
1: Mm.
2: and it becomes a bind as well I don't know about you but I find that like we stayed up late because I had to finish drinking the wine. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. You put it above everything else, don't do you? Even do. your own happiness and your own mm-hmm. wishes and desires. I remember, um, I mean, I'm quite, I love my bed. I love going to bed early and everything. And I love naps. Obviously, Spain is the land of siestas, which is yeah. perfect for mm-hmm. me. But... They were all, I kind of also see it as a bit of a treat and a bit of an indulgence. And when Mm. I was drinking, I wouldn't allow myself to go to bed early, or I wouldn't allow myself to have, you know, 20 minutes in the afternoon with a book and in bed Mm. because I felt guilty. I felt like it was an indulgence and Mm. I was already drinking. So, because I was doing that, then I wouldn't allow myself to do what I really needed Mm. to do. And it was just a conflict the whole time it was like you know playing myself off against myself yeah does that make sense yeah 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 and it, it wasn't happy it wasn't healthy. no mm-hmm. it's it's not
2: and I think when you realize as well and I actually put this on, on my Instagram the other day it was realizing that whatever was happening whatever mood I was in having a glass of wine was always the answer you know I've had a great day let's have some wine have a celebrate keep, keep the vibe going or had a really awful day you know let's have a glass of wine or oh you know it's a nice evening let's have a glass of wine but there was never it wasn't as if I was just drinking when it was appropriate you know I wasn't just like we're having a celebration and so every you know you have a glass of prosecco or whatever
1: mm-hmm.
2: it wasn't like i was that kind of drinker or i'm out on friday night and that's when i'm going to drink it was just it was every day and and when you you free up you know we talked a lot about time having more time but when you free up that mental space when you're not thinking about when can i have a drink how mm-hmm. many drinks can i have what can i get away with having what time can i open the wine um when you know when's it appropriate and and whatever then it does actually allow your brain to do many other things you know you're not just it's not just that focus all the time um and it does it and it does it gives space and time to to process everything that's happened in the past that might be affecting how you're feeling now but also everything that's happening right then Mm. and enjoying that and I mean my relationship with my husband is you know so much I mean we've always had a good relationship you know we're fortunate that we like each other when we get on really well (laughs) um you know we and I respect him an awful lot and uh he giving up alcohol with me I mean he will drink when he goes out um and it doesn't bother me because that's about him it's not about me. I'm like, well, I'm not. That's my my choice is I'm not going to drink. I don't expect you not to, but I'm not going to. And that's that's how yeah. it is. Um, but our relationship now, because I'm communicating, because I'm mm. talking to him and saying this is how I'm feeling. Or, I've had a difficult, you know, if I've if, if, like this summer. Not my son. He needs and wants lots of time to himself, and he's very rigid and is he's, he's very rule driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm not, and I and I found found it really difficult that he's like I have to play on my computer game for this period of time, and he said to me, you know, he said, I said to him at one point, I said, like, well, do you not do you not feel lonely? Because I was feeling lonely he's upstairs and I'm downstairs, not able to leave the house because it's not as simple as just switching the computer off because because of the autism. This is a, you know, for him, this is part, this is his life. It's his, it's, it's what he does. And if I just said, right, you're not playing on computer. Like, it's like a, like a, you know, ripping it away from him kind of thing. And psychologists and stuff have said, have, have said this to me, you know, this is what he needs. He's happy. He's having, you know, relationship, but he's talking to other people online. I mean, you know, God, he only plays Minecraft or something. It's not like it's, you know, he's not like playing something violent or anything like that. But I have a massive problem with it. I I don't like it. I don't like him playing the computer games. I don't like him watching YouTube when you watch YouTube and watch other people playing them. But I kinda have to deal with it. In the past, in some holidays, I would have waited till my husband came in. Oh, have you got a bag on? I'm back. Hey. Yay. I lost you a second, but it's all right.
1: right. (laughs) I think in the past
2: I would have felt lonely all day. because he was upstairs doing his thing and yes we would have gone and done other things but you know he's not we've I've never been able to for example take him to football camp because he hates it and when he hates it or when he feels stressed he then screams and gets overloaded and you know we've had I've I've dropped him off at places and then like literally I'll get home and they run me up saying, can you come and pick him up because he's having a massive screaming tantrum. And I've gone in and I found this like hysterical child um, because he can't cope with like different atmosphere, different places and being told what to do. And, you know, by somebody he doesn't know. Um, so I can't just put him in a, in a sports camp for a week, like a lot yeah. of other parents can do. So I've had to to modify a lot of what my expectations are. Mm. Um, And in in many ways, again, going back to creativity, that's something that because I enjoy it, I can be absorbed in that while he's absorbed in what he's doing. And I did say to him at one point, I was like, well, do you not feel lonely? And he said, well, no, I don't feel lonely because I know that you love me and that you'll always love me. And so I don't feel lonely. And I thought, well, you can't really ask for more than that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't. He's okay, And I have to get over it. I'm I'm not okay with it. I have to get over that because he is okay with it and it's what he yeah. needs you know um but in the past especially in several holidays um I would have been lonely all day getting myself annoyed and frustrated because I want to go out and I can't or I want to do this if I can't my husband would come in and I'd be like why that'd be it
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: so I'd spend all day feeling frustrated like a bad parent guilty then my husband would come in I would get suzzled. And then I'd wake up the next morning with a hangover and also feeling frustrated and guilty and like a bad parent. Um, And yeah, you know, so I, I I don't do that now, obviously. Um, And so it's made the summer very different for me. Um, But I do feel at least that we are communicating an awful lot better that I'm, you know, I'm much better at understanding my son than perhaps I have been. I find I've, you know, my husband is on the spectrum as well, um, on the autistic spectrum. Uh, he empathises quite a lot with our son because he understands. Whereas mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was always playing out. And, you know, I was on the yeah. network, the hockey team and I was in the choir and the orchestra. And I was one of those annoying join-in people. Uh, <laughs> and these two are very self-contained. Both of them are, you know, and mm. so I, I kind of live in a very quiet house most of the time um, which I never thought I would uh, and so sometimes I was drinking because I was bored you know yeah. I and that's the other thing yeah you know yeah. anything as well he's reading the paper the other one's reading something else because you know if if my son hasn't isn't reading isn't playing a computer game he's got his head in a massive book you know huge encyclopedia <laughs> of this that and the next thing <laughs> um, and so I'm just sort of sat there like hmm you know, hence, Instagram is really helpful for me. It's a community I can access without taking me away from the, the, the my husband and my son. Mm-hmm. And whilst they are doing their thing, I still get human contact. You know, I, a lot of my uni friends um, who we've started an online craft group, which is hilarious. I'm trying to do it on <laughs> Skype. It's just hilarious. Um, so there's five of us mm-hmm. um, on a way for a weekend together um but we're all at very different stages like one of them's the most amazing lace maker and she does courses and stuff you know but that's another thing the creativity's brought me actually is closer to my friends in that respect so we sit on skype (laughs) knitting drinking tea it's really fun fun talking over each other as you (laughs) always do Um, (laughs) and that's that's really nice so i've found different ways of having a community and different mm-hmm. ways of, of, you know, probably has come across a lot from what I've been saying. But I, you know, the community of women for me is really important. You know, female friendships and, yeah. and sharing things with other women and other experiences with other women is really important to me. Um, especially because I live with two boys.
1: Yeah, I'm the only girl in our house. As yeah, well. even the dogs are boys. Oh no! Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the cat's a girl, but she's a why not? Um, but yeah, I need my own. I need my own bathroom. Was it Elizabeth? Is it Elizabeth Taylor who said the secret to a happy marriage is separate bathrooms? Because oh, she was banging whoever. Well, it's a good was. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a different world. I'm a different. You know, I'm a much more genuine mm. reflection of what I believe in. And you know, I, I, I feel as though I'm I'm who I am. And I think the security of that as well. Yeah. As I doubt myself much less than I did before. You know, I, I'm not second-guessing myself. I'm not as anxious. Um, you know, I mean, I have been taking sertraline for a couple of years to deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but my anxiety now is at a level where I'm thinking, OK, right, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be able to come down off this now because actually all the things that were making me anxious, one way or another, I've kind of dealt with. Not yeah. dealt with, but I've addressed I'm working mm-hmm. through them, you know, um, and I think there are times when you are anxious because it's just normal.
1: It is, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you can't live life, you know, all happy and everything's perfect, you know, all the time. It's normal to feel down and angry and mm-hmm. anxious and stressed, yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, and we shouldn't try and hide from it because mm-hmm. that's what makes us human.
2: At the end Absolutely. of the day. Exactly. And, and in the in Pema Chodron's book, um, When Things Fall Apart, and she, um, her husband, the story of her is that her husband left her. Mm. Um, just totally unexpectedly, husband left her. Um, and she had a, a huge breakdown. Um, and she became a Buddhist and she went to stay in a Buddhist monastery. And so there was nothing there, like nothing. And she said, and it was terrifying because it was just her, in with herself you
1: know
2: and that was what it was and she had to spend time with herself yeah and and that's and and I think to a much lesser degree obviously because you know I haven't gone and lived in the monastery but to a much lesser degree I feel as though drinking has allowed me to spend time with myself or not drinking rather has allowed me to spend time with myself to get to know Mm. myself again
1: yeah
2: And and I have very very clear boundaries
1: mm-hmm. now that
2: i didn't have before i just didn't have them very very much i am not going you know i'm not going there I'm just not going to do that to please you or anyone else no you know and i think that knowing myself and knowing that that was compromising my values mm-hmm. when i was drinking as you said earlier your boundaries are just a little bit porous or very porous um yeah when having stopped drinking now those are really clear uh, you know Mm -hmm. um things I will and and it's not like I'm you know shouting at people or I'm not anything like that but just there are things that I'm happy to you know to do and there are things that I'm that I'm not and I've weeded out in many ways people who yeah friends of mine who don't get why I'm not drinking or who would try to find a way to get me to drink you know there's that Mm. as well um yeah I mean I dropped out of a work reunion um a couple of weeks ago because I just thought you know that how are you question is great when you've had three glasses of wine you know oh yeah great and all this and all that and then you know you you get drink more wine and then you start crying about the fact that everybody's died and stuff you know or actually I just think do you know what I'm just not I just don't want to share that with anyone quite honestly and Mm. so I'm just not going to go you know so yeah Mm.
0: so that's uh
2: I think yeah getting to know yourself better sitting with yourself and it's just you and there's there's nothing that's gonna you can't crawl into a bottle of wine to forget it you you can't drown it you have Mm. to just you've got to deal with it because it's there you know yeah Yeah, it's 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 a huge difference
1: it really is Oh,
0: well thank you <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please share and subscribe for more help and support go to the Sober Bliss website soberbliss.com connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living